Have you ever wondered why life for most people is usually about stress, struggle, worry, hustle, illness? Why do we have so much information about self-development and yet we still have so much struggle, worry, stress and illness? Now what if there can be more to life? This is the Truth Serum Podcast and on this show we explore the human mind and the ways we can be more, be more. And because we are being, we can achieve more just by being, being able to just be. My name is Modupe Ribe and I am your host. Today, we are going to be talking about fear. What is fear? Where does it come from? And how do I live without fear? Is it even possible to live fearlessly? How does fear affect us? Now, fear is such an interesting topic. You know, it's so easy to think that we experience fear only when something happens or is about to happen to us. But in this episode, I want us to become more aware of a different type of fear, you know, of fear when it has become a part of us. That is, it is now so concealed or camouflaged that you don't know it's there and it has become the program that is running the scene. By this, I mean that it has become the reason why you do things. And you don't even know that that's what is going on. But fear is the reason why you do things. It's the foundation, you know, where everything you do starts from. Wow. (laughs) Imagine that. Remember in my introduction, I talked about us being. And that because we are being, we can then achieve more. Now, what I'm trying to say by that is that for us to be successful... We need to have a mindset that enables our success. Now, if this mindset is not enabling, we will just continue to have experiences that emphasize the faulty way in which we view the world and ourselves or our own place in the world. Guys, it is one thing for this to happen occasionally. It's another thing altogether for it to become a way of life, for it to become the way that one thinks every time. Now, this usually occurs when an individual has been through a major event or a series of scary events that has now caused them to feel unsafe. In other words, you are now thinking that this world is just not, um, it's not a safe place for me to be, right? For example, maybe somebody who loses their job suddenly and then and finds themselves, they are no longer welcome in the circle of friends that they used to have. You know, maybe they lose their home, they lose their car, um, their dog, their, their dog dies. You know, maybe they lose a child, the wife leaves them or the husband um, starts dating somebody else. And then the cat also runs away. You know, he didn't even die. He just ran away. What? Just imagine the logical big things and the small things that don't even make sense. All of them come together. To fall apart. Yeah, come together to fall apart, right? Yes. This kind of string of events can open the door for fear to come in and take over. It just takes over the home, you know? (laughs) You know, it takes over the mind, right? Now, that's the kind of fear that I'm talking about today. Now, there are four ways we manifest this fear. And these are natural responses. The four ways are fight. We either fight, flight, that is flight as in running, we freeze, freeze up, or we are fawning, F-A-W-N, we are fawning, 
Right. Now, fight is when we start fighting back instinctively. For example, you know of those times when um, somebody is being attacked by a robber and you're saying, why did they fight back? Why didn't he just calm down and just give them what they want? Well, sometimes it's such an instinctive response. The person doesn't even know that's what they're doing. It's not like they planned to do it, but it's just an instinct. And so some people just start fighting back. Whereas some people will start running, you know, they would take off and people are saying, but why did you run? Why didn't he just stay? I'm talking about a situation where uh, the instinct takes over <laughs> and the person just starts to run. At that time, they probably even run faster than the whoever you think is the fastest runner. But that's just because it's the instinct that has taken over. It wasn't something that they thought through. In the same way, the people can also freeze up. There are some people who will freeze up. They won't fight back. They won't run. But they will just be frozen on the spot, unable to talk, unable to do anything, just frozen until the danger is over. And sometimes, because they freeze up, you know, there are some really negative um, repercussions because of that. Now, the fourth one, which I um, also mentioned, is that of fawning. What does it mean to fawn? You know, when you fawn on somebody, you give up your all your rights. You suddenly become extremely subservient. You don't have a voice of your own. Like somebody who just feels, you know, there's no reason for me to be. There's no reason for me to be around. So that I'm even around this person is <laughs> is such a huge deal, you know, and I, I, I just dare not mess it up, you know. So something like that. All of these things that I have described, they are all physical responses. So I want us to look at the deeper forms of this, our flight, uh, fight, freeze, or fawn. I'd like us to look at the deeper uh, meaning of that, right? Which is really what I am talking about in this episode. So, what would be the deeper meaning of fight, for example? Now, let's look at somebody who is always angry, who has a short fuse, who always takes things personally. Everything is personal to that person. You know, there is a conflict that is going on within. In addition to their taking things personally, is the fact that they are indecisive. They want to do something. The next thing, they change their minds. They, they, they keep on second-guessing themselves. They are thinking to themselves, I could be wrong. What if I'm wrong? You know, they are worrying continuously, always worrying about one thing or the other, whether that thing exists. In fact, it doesn't even have to exist. It's about what if it happens and they're worrying about it already, you know. So they continue to undermine themselves you know, because they're always second-guessing themselves, you know, second-guessing their decisions and they have low self-esteem. They're afraid to make mistakes. They don't have the power within to make mistakes. In other words, to feel that, yeah, so I made a mistake, I can move on. You know, they don't have that kind of power, Right. Because it's been, it's been um, overtaken by this fear, which I say takes over the mind. So, because you are unsettled within, you can also project your fears onto others. You, most of the things that happen, you just make them bigger than they really are. Right? That is because this fear is the foundation. It's taken over. It's the foundation from, for, for everything that you do. And what about flight? What's the deeper context of flight? Now, the deeper context of flight is somebody who is always running away from commitment, from responsibility. <laughs> I 
avoids conflict. That kind of person will never hold, have an awkward discussion. I, maybe they have a, a, a situation with somebody, if, whether it's a wife, whether it's a child, whether it is a, a, a teammate or somebody who reports to them, you know, but this person will not be able to have a, a, a difficult conversation. They will run away from it. They don't want any form of conflict. You know, they don't have it in them to be able to go through conflict and resolve it, right? They would rather just avoid it. So they keep running away from it, you know. Now, you can imagine if you have that kind of person as a supervisor. You can imagine if you have that kind of person as a husband or a wife, you know, what would be the effect on the home when you can't even discuss with this kind of person? So that's a deeper context of flight, right? Now, what about the deeper context of freeze? In that kind of situation, the person remains in the same place. For example, the person it, it avoids change by all means. They are the people who will not move home, even rather let the place fall down on top of their heads. You know, somebody who can keep studying forever. Do you know, do you know those people who keep amassing certificates? Never actually move out of that mold. You know, they just continually amass one certificate from one course to the other, from one program to the other. And they, it's as if they cannot finish anything. You know, they're just stuck there. And when change is about to come, they will self-sabotage. They will somehow do something that will um, just mess up that change that's about to happen to them or that good thing that is currently in their lives. Again, like we talked about the, the first time when we were talking about the physical um, manifestations of this uh, f uh, freeze, fight, flight, and fawning, you know, this one too, it's not something that the person thought through and said, oh, you know what, I'm just going to stay in this place forever. In fact, this is my strategy. I'm going to stay here. They actually think to themselves that this is how they are moving ahead. Meanwhile, it's just because the fear is the program, is the programming that is running. And so they stay in this place and continually just keep on having this form of activity. But the real progress is not coming. Yeah. So the fourth one is fawning. And what is the deeper context of fawning? This kind of person just abdicates their role, no longer takes responsibility for anything in their lives, allow other people to do it, completely subservient to other people, you know, and to other people's thoughts, blown around by every, um, every wind of change. If somebody tells them, no, that is not how, how, how can you do it like that? that of course, that's not how yeah, you're going to do it. They will not do it like that. If somebody says, but that is how you're going to do it, they will do it like that. You know, so they're all over the place. They do not have that um, strength, right? That mindset that enables them to stand on their own, to take their own decisions, to hold themselves accountable for their own decisions and do the things that they need to do. You know, so that can be um, that can be an issue. Then in addition to that is also the fact that they fawn on, uh, on other people. Now imagine when you have a mother who is fawning on her child, either uh, as a result of um, being a single mother, having lost the father, and all of a sudden all the attention is on the child, and they smother this child with that attention, and do not allow this child to grow to become who they can become, you know, to achieve their own potential. Why? Because they 
are, are, are stuck in this place. They have not healed from their own trauma. And as such, by fawning on this child, it, it, they also include the child in the trauma that they are, it, that they are going through as well. I know that some of us might be thinking that, okay, this fawning could also occur to um, people who, because somebody has money, they are all over that person, they do choose to kill their own voices, you know, take on that person's voice instead, just be in that person's shadow, like forever and ever. Yeah, I guess that could also be one, because it's from a fear, a fear that they are not adequate, they are not enough. You know, and why would they want to make any mistake? Why would they want to try to be, to be enough when they, they have a belief already that is the fundamental thing? You know, as far as they are concerned, um, I'm not enough. I can't be enough. So why even try? So these are the different um, ways in which we can see this fear manifesting, affecting us. This kind of fear that has become the foundation, it's taken over, as it were, and has become the foundation, it's become the program that is running one's life. Now, a couple of caveats here. First thing is that my, uh, my examples are not by any means exhaustive. still have quite a few more examples that we can add to this. But this is for us to even start the conversation, right? So you can think of a lot of other ways in which these um, four things can be manifesting in our lives as well. Now, when I talked about the uh, freeze and I talked about people being in the same place, you know, that people who keep on amassing certificates, I have nothing whatsoever against certificates. Please, let's not, let's not, um, and let me be clear about that. I don't have anything against certificates. Um, what I am trying to say here is that when people stay in the same place year after year, and sometimes they don't even have a job, but they are in the same place thinking to themselves that they still need to read more, they still need to know more, you know, it, that is coming from somewhere else. Because the truth about it is, for you to know, if you know it, you have to be trying it out. So when you can't get to that point where you are trying it out and all you're ever doing is studying more and more or doing more and more, more and more of the activity and being unable to leave that to start actually implementing something, then something, there's a fundamental problem somewhere. So that's what I'm trying to say there. Now you can imagine if you've got all of this going on, right, and you are trying to start a new project, you're trying to achieve your goals, this can affect you and keep you back from achieving your goal. That's what we are trying to understand from this episode. And I hope that I'm able to um, communicate that so far. So now the next thing is, what do we do? Is one stuck here? No. Remember, in the beginning, I talked about being. I talked about us being able to be in order for us to be able to achieve. Thinking about that now, what can we do when we have this sort of situations, if you recognize from listening and you can say to yourself, ah, Tupe, honestly, I think this, you know, is me here, is me here. You're talking about me right now. I think I see signs of this in my own life. What can I do about it? So let's talk about what we can do about it. Because the good news is, yeah, there are things that we can do about it. So let us look at that. The first one is that you even develop awareness. 
Because the greatest tragedy is the fact that we are on autopilot, that you're doing these things and you don't even know that you're doing it, that you are um, living in fear and you don't even know you're living in fear. You actually think that's the way life is. This is my hustle. It's just me trying to survive, you know. Meanwhile, it's actually the fear that is driving you. So developing the awareness, that's the first thing. So start noticing how you behave and ask yourself, whoo, is that me? You know, do I do these things? Okay, is that the reason why I behave the way I do? Develop that awareness. Notice it. Remove autopilot. No longer autopilot. No longer autocruise. It's you back in the driver's seat and noticing what is actually going on. So developing self-awareness, that's very, very key, and it's the first one. The second one is start tracing the beliefs that you see playing out and then name them. What are the beliefs you see playing out in your life about other people that makes it so easy for me to take things personally? For me to think, to think to myself each time that they're just trying to get to me, that they're trying to, um, stress me, or, you know, they just want to see my downfall. So start tracing the beliefs that you see playing out in your lives. In, in, I mean, in your life, right? Do not say things like, um, I do weird stuff. Oh, I know myself. I do weird stuff. What does it mean to do weird stuff? What is that? Bring it out of the shadows, name it, look at it, stare it in the face and name it. Give it its correct name. This is one time when you need to label. What is it exactly? What is weird stuff? What does it mean? I act funny. What does I act funny mean? You know, break it down. Maybe you say, I get tongue tied anytime around, I'm around so, so, so person. You know, I start to stammer when I'm around so, so person. Can I ask yourself more, more questions? Why do I get tongue-tied? What do I do when I get tongue This is how I behave when I get tongue-tied, and I want to change that. And you start changing it. But what I'm saying is by bringing it out of the shadows where it's been all this while, by calling it what it really is, then the solutions can start to come, you know? So the, the third one is to practice mindfulness. Be present. Be present. Be present. You need to be present. Make sure that you're in the moment every time. <laughs> you know something? Our society, we've all been conditioned to not being in the moment. We're either living in the past, we're living in the future, or, you know, we're all over the place in our minds. There are very few people, myself inclusive, by the way, because I'm still a work in progress, you know, there are very few people who can actually say, I am present. When somebody is talking to them, they are fully there. They are not in their head somewhere already thinking about their responses or thinking about the next meeting they are supposed to attend. Even in the home, you find situations where a child is talking to his parent and the parent is not present. And right now, you know, parents are talking to the children. The child is not present. The child is learning it already, you know, and they're doing it very, very well. They're somewhere else. So most of the time, we are not present. It is time for us to practice mindfulness. In this case, where you have programming that does not help you achieve your goals, you have that kind of programming running in the background of your mind, it is very important for you to become a mindful person. So start practicing mindfulness. Be present. Make it a point of duty to gather your mind from all the different places where it's gone to, you know, to pull it back, right? And mind, come here, you know, because the mind is yours, to be honest, yeah? And pull it back. 
right? And say, be here. We are going to be here. All of us will be here. Every part of me is going to be here in this conversation right now, this minute. Whether it's when you're eating, whether it's when you're talking to somebody else, even when you're sleeping, hey, try to be doing just that one thing, yeah, at that point in time. So practicing mindfulness. These are ways in which we can begin to change this programming of fear. Because when you are mindful, you can actually start to challenge those thoughts and replace them with new ones that actually empower you, new thoughts that are more empowering. Because now you notice that this is what you are doing and it is not serving you well and you can start to change it. Remember the definition of madness, which is, you know, repeating the same thing over and over again and you're expecting a different result. If you want to see a different result, you need to start doing something new. And to start doing something new, you have to take control of your mind. Get back in the driver's seat. Let your mind truly be your own. In fact, you know, the next episode, I'm going to be talking about when your mind is not yours. Some of us are held hostage by our minds. You're talking about kidnapping. Your own mind has kidnapped you. It does what it wants to do when it wants to do it. It's just running away with you. You are just along for the ride. So guys, today we have been talking about fear and the different ways it shows up in our lives and the deeper meanings of these are responses to fear. And then of course, what we can do about them. That's what we've been talking about today. And I really hope that you've been able to pick something that you can start doing starting now, something you can start doing differently. Do share this episode generously. Feel free to leave your comments or your questions as well. I would really love to hear from you. I am going to answer any of your questions, I promise. So leave us a review. Please, please hit the subscribe button. Subscribe so that you can always um, get any new episode of our podcast. I look forward to seeing you next week. I'll be here with another episode of Truth Serum. <laughs>